Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin. We are, um, as is prone to happen sometimes, dealing with a few little technical difficulties here, but nothing to worry about. As soon as we get those worked out, we will continue on with the show. And with all that being said, let's let's get going. I know my accents aren't as great as Kaylin's, but hey, I can do a promo, let me tell you. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscles, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on as well as a vehicle to drive your goals, and if Kalen could be pulled in right now, he would say, like a Mack truck through ice cream, sugar, then check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's talk. And, guys, Kalen... Kaylin is trying to, uh, he's trying to dial in, <laughs> and I am not sure what's going on there. So, um, oh, and he actually says he can hear me, but we cannot get access to him. So just hold tight for one minute, and we'll see if we can't get this worked out because we have a few things to discuss with you guys tonight. We've got a few shows that we want to touch base on. I heard a rumor, a rumor that uh, the Sunless Ninja, Ivy Potter, may very well be joining us tonight. So uh, there is a posing workshop that is coming up, the Windy City Natural Posing Workshop, and she is going to be there talking about all of the things that are important to know about competition spray tanning. So we are going to be waiting with bated breath for our Sunless Ninja to be joining us. Kaylin Patterson, have you made it in, my friend? Yes, I have. <laughs> and there you go. So what do you have to, you uh, have add to the little early spiel that's going on here? <laughs> oh my goodness! I I caught the tail end of what you were talking about with Ivy. <clears throat> um, I just like to add to that because this is something that I had not thought about. Is that you know with her making the post about uh, darker skinned people and tanning for stage is that the definition that people that are used to getting tans from I guess the the fake and baked didn't realize that the the tans were coming in those kinds of shades. And it, it was kind of enlightening that they were getting more information from just random casual talk outside of basically, I, I don't know, I, I never connected, you know, competition tanning with people getting summer tans or, you know, getting tans ready for summer or proms or, or other things like that. But they're very connected and they're very relative as compared to us standing on stage and them basically getting prepared for just an outing or a gathering. So I was really surprised with that. And I had actual more questions from people that don't compete as compared to the ones who do. So it's really something that I never considered, but I guess when you think about it, they care about hands as well. I just never made it a topic to bring up because (laughs) <laughs> I just never thought about talking about tans in public. So it was uh it was different, you know, to be spending fifteen, twenty minutes and then finally uh referencing them over to Ivy uh and her, her business. So it was I, I honestly I just never thought about it and it really caught me off guard. But I'm so glad that that made and I'm so glad we were able to uh give people some actual information. Des, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just trying to follow your uh, your train of thought that you're laying down here. So basically what you're saying is some folks in the audience of the show where you were competing in, um, I'm, I'm imagining they're people of color, were interested in learning more about spray tan, spray tanning for people of color for events other than competing. Is that right? 
Okay, yes. But it, it goes threefold because you're talking about the Instagram, you're talking about the Facebook, because uh, Ivy had made a post on there as well. So when people were in the audience, they saw how I looked under the stage lighting. And then when I came gotcha. up and talked to the audience, they were engaging because uh, some of them are, some of them actually do have uh, that vitiligo. And, you know, they would love to have a darker complexion. And just watching what Ivy had done for me and how the, when I wasn't sweaty, Betty, how I was actually on stage. (laughs) Yeah, you know that, so we're not even going to get into that. But anywho, just that (laughs) there were things that we, we take for granted in life. And the people who are of a of fair skin or some people are considered uh, what, what we would call albino, and they were just asking, you know, what it was like to have that, that shade on there and where to get it. So, you know, Crown Point is going to get a, a, a pretty fair amount of business in the days to come leading up to, and I, I'm, I would love to get another interview with her at the seminar and and speak further about it because she has well you know she's very passionate about what she does but she also mm-hmm. uses a lot of uh, uh phases a lot of complexions a lot of dark tones lighter tones depending on the person she likes to match the the coat if you we could say that of uh of tan with the person that and and their complexion and their skin type so it would be I'm I'm very interested to see where this goes because this is something that I had not uh, considered because I'm a person who has their own carry-on tote wherever I go. So it was something that I never thought about, and for me to be speaking about tanning was just kind of weird and different, but I'm so glad I had that opportunity. Well, very good. Enlightening and educating wherever you go. And actually, you raise a pretty good point, especially with individuals who don't have any melanin in their skin. So you had referenced albinos. And I wonder how a spray tan would interact with their skin because spray tan, and Ivy's going to be on hopefully at some point. I'm not sure when. But uh, we can ask her about that because, you know, if, if a spray tan interacts with the natural color that's on the skin and then you're working with skin that's devoid of any color, you know, I does it does it adhere? Does it does it look <laughs> just like a very pale skin with a small amount of melanin for someone who doesn't have any at all? Now I've just got all sorts of questions bubbling up in my head. But we will uh we will save those for later because we already have some questions piling up from our listeners with regard to a uh, post that was on um, the Midwest Muscle Facebook page earlier today and it's regarding you holding your copy of the April edition of Iron Man magazine, which we've been talking about for the past several weeks. And uh, you got it. You had a chance to look at it. I've seen a lot of buzz on Facebook with athletes that were featured in this edition of the magazine with people sending them pictures with their copy of the magazine. Um, Sheila wants to know, Kaylin, did you uh, did you order that copy and get it in the mail, or did you buy it from a bookstore, or how did you come into possession of your April Iron Man magazine? Okay, now this is actually a twofold answer, so I'm not uh, getting around it or not trying to answer it fully. Um, whenever I get a, a fitness magazine that deals with natural athletes, I take it back to the gym. Uh, unfortunately, someone decided that they liked the magazine enough to want to read it at home and forgot to bring it back. So I was basically basically stuck out. And so Brandon Lirio came up with a great idea because Barnes & Noble in our area covers all the fitness magazines of any relevance. So I was waiting for the order to come in, and it did. And if I, uh, I was told that it came in yesterday, but it, it sold out, which was very strange considering how many people did not know about this. So I was like, okay, did somebody come and buy them all and practically is in love with Rob Terry? I don't know. But anywho, I had to wait for the day where they un, they had some in the back room. So there was another a pile of them for the rest of us that could get it. And uh, I got 
uh, in line as soon as possible. And thankfully, one of the members also works at Barnes and Noble. So as soon as they brought him out to put him in the, in, you know, in the mainstream uh, uh, items, I was able to get it. All right. Well, a good thing too, because it definitely sounds like it is flying off the rack like hotcakes, which uh, leads me to our next question from Billy from Brisbane, which I'm going to guess that is Australia. Uh, he wants to know. Is it the same magnitude of magazine from back in the day? And the way that uh, it's it's being sold out, at least in your area, it's sounding like people are recognizing the name and snapping it up. So what are your thoughts, KP? Is it of the same magnitude as what it used to be? I have the, the magazine in my hand. I did not take it back to the gyms, considering what had happened. I did not want to lose it before we started our show tonight. And it says at the very top, fitness since 1936. So it is the same magazine. So they do the same uh, format. Now it's dealing exclusively with natural athletes. So I'm really uh, happy about that. I'm also very happy to have natural athletes featured. And I think that's what we talked about Tuesday on our show with uh, the exposure that so many crave and covet. Now maybe they will lose that uh, initiative to basically go into the enhanced community while still keeping their natural status. All right, very good. So, guys, if you haven't gotten your copy, go pick it up. I have to do the same, so I'm probably going to have to hit a uh, hit a Barnes and Noble. And I know we talked about this. Um, during our interview with Denise Kekos and Denny Kekos a while back on how you can get a copy of it. And I am just, you can, you can review the digital magazine at um, um, ironmanmagazine.com. Yep. And then you can also purchase a a copy of what they're calling their summer issue 2019. You could order that online as well and have it shipped directly to you if you don't want to go out and travel to a store and try and purchase it there. And they do have some older issues of the magazine dating back to 2004 and 2006. So I guess if you just want to see what some of the older mags look like and compare them or you're just a fan and you want them for your own collection, you can uh, purchase those there. They also have all of the 2017 and uh, some of the 2016 issues as well that you can buy, all seven bucks a piece. So highly affordable. You guys can check it out, ironmanmagazine.com. And there you have it. I tell you what. There you what. I tell you what, <laughs> Kaylin Patterson. What I'm going to tell you is that we have the one and only Ivy Potter that we alluded to earlier. He is now with us on the show. Ivy Potter, Summer's Ninja, say hello. Hello. I'm so happy to hear these voices. Oh, I I know. You guys. How is everybody? You don't send us flowers. You don't write us love songs. How does that song go? (laughs) I don't know, but I haven't seen you in so long and I never did get my tank top that said I got naked oh. with Ivy Potter and I'm still just I know we have got to get that thing. done I know we have got to get that done I know I'm, I mean now I'm just gonna, gonna have, have to, get, to do it I'm just gonna have to get naked with you all over again because it doesn't have the same relevance if it's like a couple years well, old I know we're we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to make this happen. I feel like there's a couple times this year that we're gonna we're gonna get naked. Well, maybe maybe not me, Wait, but I, you for sure. It would be weird if I got naked, right? For sure. It would be weird if you got naked. You need to keep your clothes on. I mean, take them off if this you want, true. but only with the right athletes if they are okay with that and don't <laughs> feel like it's kind of creepy. But even so, being yeah, that would a only professional, be ethical, married woman, exactly. I suggest you just keep your clothes on. Yes. I know. We need to make sure we say, too. I got naked, not we got naked. <laughs> yes, got I, sure got naked. Correct I got purpose. naked. Correct pronouns. That's right. You know, that's the big thing you say. Bro- <laughs> it is. It is. The pronoun I choose to use in reference with getting naked with Ivy Potter is I. I did that. Um, and for oh, some of nice. our new listeners who think that we've just totally just lost our mind, so 
Ivy is a professional <laughs> um, spray tanning type person. We call her Sunless Ninja, but she owns her own salon. She offers several services other than spray tanning, but she also does competitive spray tanning for um, natural bodybuilding athletes. And part of that process, so your tan is even when you are getting tanned, you have to disrobe completely. She cannot, you cannot just have a little suit on and have her spray tan around your suit because then you'll have lines. And if your competition suit does not match those lines, then you're going to have untanned areas. It's going to be ugly, unsightly. It's going to take away the overall out package. Something fierce on stage. Yes. Yes, Yes, and you don't want that to happen. And so it's just things like these, especially for newbie athletes, because when I first started competing, like the spray tan was like, what? What do I need to spray tan for? (laughs) But I do. And uh, Kaylin does. And all athletes do. So Ivy is going to be taking part in a fantastic workshop being put on by uh, Brian and Wishley McCabe, the Windy City Natural Posing Workshop. And he's featuring Miss Ivy, who is the show tanner. And she's going to be laying down a bunch of great information that athletes need to know about competitive spray tanning. But I feel like maybe you can kind of give us a sneak peek of what's going to be going down at the workshop and just let bring us up to date on what you've been up to. Absolutely. Well, um, as you said, I am a professional spray tan artist based in the Chicagoland area. Um, I am a salon owner, so I own two tanning salons, and we do all sorts of tanning there. Um, And then on top of that, I actually work for Norvell Sunless, which is the manufacturer that makes all the sunless products that I make. And I'm an educator, so I travel the country teaching people how to be spray tan artists. Um. And most recently, I'm working with Norvell to develop a training program to replicate what I do on the bodybuilding circuit um, with spray tan artists all across the country. So lots of things going on in the world with Ivy. Um, I've been teaching and traveling and doing a lot with Norvell this year, which has been a blast. Um, and I'm excited because this year, I'm, or this weekend, I guess I should say, um, this weekend I am back in Chicago, um, and I get to hang out with all my fit family at High Five Fitness this weekend for the Windy City Posing Clinic. Um, and it is going to be a wealth of information, especially for new athletes who, you know, maybe have a lot of questions. I, I love to work with new athletes because there's um, a lot of opportunity to make their show, and you can give them all the information and kind of what to expect. So um, Brian McCabe has put on this, this posing workshop um, to answer a lot of those questions about whoa, I've done this whole fitness training program, I've worked out, and stage day is still a big mystery. So all the work you put into it, you have no idea what to expect when you get there. Um, and if you haven't been to a bodybuilding show, it's, it's a little bit of a different world. So um, we're going to be, I am personally going to be talking um, about tanning, why people need tans, um, especially people who may not think they need a tan for in, in their normal walks of life, like you and Kaylin. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over why skin needs to be tanned for the stage. Um, I'm gonna be also going over the process of how spray tanning works. Um, I'm gonna go over what to expect actually at the show, how we go about the process, um, and to talk about some of the things that kind of um, come up with the skin, um, how to prepare. I'm gonna give out some really awesome information. I'm gonna be handing out, and then of course I'm bringing presents and surprises and samples. Um, and I'm going to be doing a live spray tan demonstration. One of my phenomenal employees is going to let me spray tan her right there on the um, at Whoa. the event, so I can show everybody what it looks like. She will be wearing I don't a think suit. That's happened so we're wondering. <laughs> well, it that's has good. not. <laughs> so you will actually get to see this girl do what she does. Um, and I'm going to kind of go over why having a professional spray tan artist do your spray tan um, makes a difference on stage. I'm going to show how I contour the body and how I'd work with different aspects and kind of talk about how, how we do makeup basically for the entire body um, for bodybuilding shows and why we do it. Um, in addition to that, Brian's going to have posing um, instruction that's going to be going on for every category that will be featured at the Windy City. Um, we'll have photographers there that are going to talk about how um, to get your best shots on the stage and what their process and packaging looks like um, in anticipation of the Windy City, which is August 31st. Mark your calendar. Um, there'll be quite a bit of information um, and a lot of hands-on posing and a lot of activities we've seen in Chicago this weekend. So I'm excited to invite everybody out, um, and I hope to see everybody. 
Kalen Patterson's coming with me. I'm going to make him model, too. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. So before we talk, before we talk too much more about the competitive side of this, we have um, some interest, or Kaylin has generated some interest in also some of your social media posts from non-competitors, lighter-skinned <laughs> individuals who are just curious about spray tanning in general and, you know, is it, I mean, especially for people of color who might be lighter than what they would like to be, and especially coming off of a winter, people might not think this, but people of color, like during the winter, like Caucasians, we get lighter too. <laughs> we yes. stay yes. the same color all oh. year round if we do not have access to the sun or vitamin D. So while, you know, the the stereotypical um you know, person who is fair, we'll say Caucasian, is waiting for the sun so they can get, you know, that nice golden glow. You know, people of color kind of want that too. And so, you know, there are questions out there. Well, you know, how, you know, is it weird that I still want to get spray tanned? How long does it last? You know, all of that great kind of stuff. If, you know, people, whatever nationality you are, might feel like they're not as um, dark as they would like to be. And just talk to us about how there are colors for um, colors of spray tan for every skin type. Absolutely. And I am so excited to kind of talk about that. Um, It's one of the passion projects that I'm working on with Norvell. Um, You know, traditionally in our marketing as a tanning salon and being a part of the tanning industry for as long as I have, if you look at our advertisements, our promotional pieces, it is all Caucasian white girls, basically, or men um, that we're marketing to. So we have kind of as an industry addressed that, you know, hey, there's more to it than that. Um, and and people of color can for the same reasons as people who are, are you know, who as, as girls who like me who are pasty, glowing in the dark white. Um, everybody looks better with a tan. Um, everybody um, wants to have that healthy, even glow to our skin. Um, nobody I have ever met has ever looked at me and said, I just really don't like the way my legs look when they are super defined and (laughs) nice and golden brown. I've never met anybody that said that to me, men or women, um, who don't want to look sexy in in their summer outfit. I haven't haven't come across that. If I do, I'll keep it posted. But we are, as an industry, um, Norvell Sunless is, is just an amazing company, and I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of that team. We have a specialist who works out of Orlando who has really brought this, this conversation to the forefront. Um, and, when, and I said for a long time, I said, you know, I spray competitive athletes. And, and many of my clients who have ethnic skin, and that isn't just people of color, it's also your Latino community as well. Um, you know, people go to themselves and they go, well, why is, why is that Mexican girl tanning? She's so dark complexed. Well, for the same reason that you are, she wants to have an even glowing skin tone. Everybody looks better with a glow. Um, and so the conversation started with Kaylin's post. I posted, for those of you who don't know, I posted over the weekend um, some pictures of Kaylin before and after a spray tan um, because I am, I have tanning salons and Kaylin comes to visit me quite often. And my clients are always curious. Who this very loud, um, very very muscular black man is that is in the tanning salon? He draws quite a bit of attention. Um, he does sort of stand out among the typical tanning crowd, and so they always want to know why I'm spray tanning him. Um, so this weekend, or last, I guess I should say this past weekend, I posted a post and I showed Kaylin's skin literally moments before I spray tanned him, and moments yes. after I spray tanned him. And the difference in the color was dramatic. Um, I mean, you can see every muscle that Kalen has worked so hard to produce. Um, and you, you can see the training that he's done. You can see overall. And, I mean, no offense to you, KP, but Kalen genuinely looks healthier. His skin is glowing. It is a little bit more glistening. The tone of his skin is a little bit less, um, we'll call it charcoal gray. Um, and it's more of a golden warm <laughs> tone. Um, we take... We take the undertones of a person of color and we add warmer tones to that. Um, and then we, we kind of literally heat up the skin color so that you have a more golden, um, rich mahogany tone to the skin. Um, for yeah. someone on competitive stage, that's makeup that stands up up against those lights. But in your natural everyday life, you would never know if I spray tan Desiree, um, you know, just for a weekend event. 
she's just going to have this beautiful just off the beach color, just like um, what anyone else that I spray tan. Um, and the difference is, is and I, and Kaylin and I have this long history together and we have a, a story that we've told a million times. So go back in the archives and you can hear some of the funny stuff that I've had experience with Kaylin, but ethnic skin requires a specific kind of colorology and that's what we call it in the industry when we select a solution and a tone that matters to that or that makes that the client's skin stand out in the most optimal way. Um, and so I am a colorologist through Norvell, um, and I use solutions with my clients who have the same, you know, with that ethnic group of clients, whether it be Latino or whether it be people of color, um, all of those people, you use a different kind of undertone that highlights and enhances their natural pigmentation. Similarly, I am glow-in-the-dark white, but my undertones in my skin, as opposed to Kaylin, Kaylin is more of a yellow undertone. I am a literally red undertone. Even when I'm naturally tan, people are like, oh, are you sunburned? <laughs> and I'm not. I just have a more red tone to my skin. <laughs> so um, what we use on me is actually a purple, whereas on Kaylin um, and or, or you, Desiree, I would use um, something a little different that actually mixes a combination of bronzers to highlight and enhance your natural pigment in the best possible way. So, it's a little bit different. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And that's, and that's what I love about your tanning style. I have... This is a question that uh, Kaylin kind of sparked for me early in the show, but what about individuals who do not have pigmentation in their skin? What about albinos? And do you, do you ever have any clients like that? Or is their skin, like, just so delicate that even if it did take any color, you know, adherence, is it just not good to spray tan them? Or I'm just really ignorant well, on the subject, but now I'm just very curious. So- the, on the skin tone of albino, I, I honestly have never sprayed a client who is fully albino. Um, I, I haven't done that. Um, and, and my approach to that would be first from a clinical standpoint. I would want to know what the limitations, because I, I'm not familiar with that type of skin tone. Um, now, yeah. that said, spray tanning can be done on just about any skin tone, so long as there isn't a sensitivity issue. And my experience or what I do know is that in that circumstance, my first directive would be to find um, an approach with a doctor to make sure that dermatologically um, that we're not doing something to the skin that would be cause sensitivity. And that yes. goes for really any client that has sensitivities. In comparison to that, now I have experience with tanning someone who has no pigmentation. Um, there is a very common skin disorder called vitiligo. It affects um, people of all different skin types. Um, and what you, the way you would outwardly notice that is that the person has patches of clear um, discoloration. They, they look like they've peeled or there's, there's big patches of skin that have no pigmentation. So mm-hmm. they, they very much contrast mm-hmm. with the remainder of the skin. Spray tanning is the newest and hottest way to help people with vitiligo um, to, to blend in and feel more confident without having to have those big contrasting pigmentations in their skin or under pigmentation. So um, we teach, I teach clients, or I teach some of my clients in the salon how to do that with self-tanners at home. Um, And then we can also do things in the salon. However, I have found that self-tanners are the most effective way to do that. And it does, it pulls the pigmentation absolutely beautifully. Um, And then the client has, you know, fairly even skin for about five to seven days. So there is some, there is some downside to spray tan about five to seven days later, you are pale again. Unlike an actual tan, mm-hmm. it takes about 28 days to fully come off. Spray tan is just temporary. Well, let, let, so let I hope that kind of answers that. It, it, it does, but it, it, it also, you know, I don't think you understand how big that post was leading up to me stepping on stage because there was, I'm, I'm very familiar in the natural community, and for people to see me, Prior to that, you know, at different uh, gyms and and bodybuilding events, and then to see that dramatic change with the post, and then seeing me on stage, a lot of the same people that saw that uh, article that you did also saw me on stage on and off, and that was under the stage lighting, and then stepping to the side of the stage at the Egyptian Theater. You know, we come out on the side, and correct. The questions and and then the the conversations that I was having were almost taking me where I couldn't even get the interviews for the show because I I had no clue. I mean I I, I guess being a person of, of of color, I just never talked about tanning like I did at that show after 
you had posted that post, and it was just so remarkable to me that, you know, people that really want to have that, that, that darker tone and that darker shade and simply can't get it. And I'm talking about people of color. And they said just for once, just for one weekend or just for that one moment in their lives, they'd like to feel that and, and take those great-looking pictures and, and, and see the definition and tone that they worked so hard for. You know, things that, uh, you know, I guess people of color generally take for granted. And, and just to hear someone of a lighter shade and, and of color still have that need and hunger to want to know that experience. And it just kind of blew me away that this conversation was being had. And I'm thinking, well, you know, Ivy knows. And, and, and it's just so weird because, like, I, I, I felt uncomfortable but not so uncomfortable that I couldn't finish the conversation. But I always felt that if somebody, if I don't know the full answer, it's best to ask the person that does. And so that's why I was asking uh, for, for, you know, with that with you being at the seminar and making that ta- and tagging me in it, I was so happy because now they'll get to give, get the full answer instead of uh, an answer that I'm trying to do correctly, but not really giving it just to. I well, I, I in a way I'm sorry because I know I distracted from your weekend, but I really just meant to wish you well. Um, and you know, and I got this, I get the same exact reaction. Um, you know, from a different perspective, I guess. Um, in my stores, people say that you know they're like, "Why is he getting tan?" And I'm like, "Well, why are you tanning?" And you know, and of course, my my true answer is is very scientific, and there is a lot of science and you know and insight yes. that goes behind it, but. It wasn't really until I met you fully that I understood that this was a place that I could, again, once again, step up and say, hey, let me be an advocate for athletes and explain this in a way that makes sense because I have a unique background in education that yes. often isn't found on the body. Like, you know, a coach doesn't know why you need a spray tan, per se. They just say you need a spray tan to look good on stage. But they don't yes. have necessarily the understanding of what products work well with your skin tone and how to how to make those kinds of intricate decisions. Um, but I after you know over the years you, we've had that conversation several times. And when I met the specialist, um, I, I did a training and a team building event with Norvell in Las Vegas in January. And I met the specialist, and her name is Jenna, um, and she's out of Orlando. And she was training to become part of the team, and her entire platform is she's a, like I said, a, a salon owner like myself. Um, she's been a spray tan artist for several years and she's a woman of color. Um, and she, her whole platform is, this isn't just for white girls. And I love that. I instantly <laughs> fell in love with her. And she said, you know, she said, I, she did an entire, um, a, a, basically we did a, a, a web, a, my brain is going to escape me. We were at a conference and we were talking to some of professionals across the country and her, she had a spotlight and was a feature presenter and discussed how we are, are neglecting an entire group of men and women who want to look beautiful and want to have these same things. And as spray tan artists, we're missing it. We're not, we're not giving them proper information. We need to know how ethnic skin tans and how to make, you know, how to meet the needs of these clients because they want the same thing that everybody else does. We all just want to look good. And so I am so excited that that conversation is not just being held in the bodybuilding industry. You know, I've been kind of leading that charge for several years, but also in a mainstream capacity as well. It makes me proud to hear people finally talking about the different needs of ethnic skin across the board. And that is a good thing, but I would have to hazard a guess that not all spray tanners out there are having the same conversation. So, I mean, we've got listeners from all over, and if they just run to the salon that's nearest them, um, they might not get the same response that you would give them if they came to their salon. So, I mean, how rapidly is the trend spreading to be addressing the needs of, you know, the various ethnic colors of skin in spray tanning salons? Well, I think does it would actually surprise you. Um, you know, I like I said earlier, I've been working with Marbell Selma for, um, I've been in my official capacity with them for a little over three years. And in the time that I've been with them, one of the, the capacities that I, I fulfill with them is that I actually work with the beauty side, the, um, 
professional licensed cosmetologists, estheticians, um, et cetera. And so I attend trade shows. There are essentially six major trade shows, um, and they are in all different regions of the United States. So there's one in L.A., one in New York, one in um, Orlando, Dallas, and, of course, Chicago. Um, and then there are several smaller um, trade shows as well. So um, Norvell Sunless is the number one professional solution in the industry. So if you are a professional, um, whether you be a cosmetologist or a spray tan artist or anyone who offers sunless services as a professional, we are the number one rated solution in the industry. And so with that becomes a lot of responsibility and a powerful platform to kind of have some of these discussions. And I am, I am honestly proud to tell you that I have been, I work in that industry and it's more of a business to business, you know, concept. And I am selling spray tan equipment solution and education to more women of color in the last two years than, I mean, than you would believe. I have tons of women of color who have hair salons and beauty shops um, all over the country. And they are coming in and they are demanding these products. They are saying, I want to know what works on my client's skin type. I want to know, um, you know, what, how to do this. And they are taking our Norvell University courses. We offer, see, we have six at those major trade shows. And then we also offer um, an additional 12 outside workshops all across the country um, throughout every calendar year. So I am in front of people, um, you know, essentially like 18 times a year, um, 18 to 20 times a year talking about spray tan colorology um, and all across the country. So it is a trend that is really heating up. Um, last year, as compared to this year, I had more women women of color. I love to spray tan them on the trade show floor. It gets lots of attention. People are like, oh, what are you guys doing? Um, and so it is, it is definitely picking up. It is something that has really spread um, across the country. And, it, and I think that you will start to see advertisements for spray tanning services, sunless services, um, in more of your ethnic demographics as far as magazines that are targeted toward ethnic skin, whether it be Latino or women of color, men of color. Um, you will start to see those things starting to pick up in the next year to two years, I would say, dramatically. That is awesome. So we have a question here from Shanika, and I'm actually glad to hear that that it is spreading like that to meet the different needs of people because African-Americans in particular, we come in a lot of shades, a lot yes. of shades. And so Sh yes, Shanika is asking here, she said, she said can, I, <laughs> can Ivy make me hashtag Wakanda dark? I want to do a Comic-Con, <laughs> but my skin tone is just too light to match my African Afro I was born with. And if you guys watch Black Panther, there were a lot of different shades in Wakanda as well, but I'm assuming Shanika is talking about the really dark, dark Wakandan shades that were represented. So, I mean, does it kind of depend on the skin itself on how well it's going to absorb the color, or is it more about the color and how well you prep the skin before the color of the spray tan and how well you prep the skin before you apply the spray tan? Well, the answer to that question is yes to both. Um, the, okay. The, okay, so spray tan is um, – it is a, I want to say chemical, but we've had this conversation because it is it's essentially a sugar. Um, and when I say chemical, yeah. I don't want you to think I'm hosing you down with, with gasoline. Um, but at the same time, spray tan is a chemical reaction within the skin. Um, so the way that spray tan works is the amino acids, which is part of that oil that's in your skin, it binds to that oil. And depending on the amount of amino acids that is found in the skin, determines how much color you can process in a single um, session. Now, that said, there's some other added benefits that you can add to it. For example, um, we use cosmetic bronzers in our solution. Um, so it is a two-part process. So some of it is, is makeup um, that does kind of stain the skin like a temporary um, stain. Um, and then the other side of it is, is your natural pigmentation just gets darker? And then you know how you put, um, you can put a filter on a light? So you can put a piece of paper mm -hmm. over a flashlight, and you can shine that light through it. So if you put a pink piece of paper, you're going to get a lighter shade of pink. If you put a purple shade of, of paper, you're going to get a little bit different hue of purple. It's not going to be the exact shade that you see um, on, on the piece of paper when you put light through it. And the same thing is kind of happening with the skin. So when you have someone who has a darker pigmentation, and, and while there are lots of different shades of people of color, the truth reality is we 
in the field of skin or aesthetics or dermatology, we rate the skin on what's called the Fitzpatrick scale. Um, and that is there are six different levels of skin tones. Um, and that doesn't change whether you are a woman of color or whether you are a completely pale, white, redheaded girl. The, the Fitzpatrick scale, you will find yourself somewhere on that scale. Um, so you can, we can definitely go as dark as a client wants to. However, you have to understand there's only so much darkness we can do in a single session. So your body can only handle so much within gotcha. a 24-hour period, and then you would need to apply additional layers. Um, however, I love to work with ethnic skin because I can push it to limits that I can't with my normal clients in the salon. Um, so absolutely, the answer to that is absolutely we can do, um, you can go a lot darker. And again, the cosmetic bronzer that we blend into it is going to change the shade that we're looking for um, because most of my clients with ethnic skin do not want to go that super dark color. They really are actually looking for a more mahogany tone to their skin. Um, so they want mm-hmm. that red undertone to blend in with their natural yellow undertones to give them that beautiful golden brown color. Um, so, and I call it the Beyonce brown. <laughs> Beyonce just always looks like she's got glitter running through her veins. I think and Beyonce does have glitter running through her veins. She sure does. And just in case you were wondering, they spray tan. So I do know that, you know, there, there's, um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a beautiful color that her skin has, and that is the color that we are usually are trying to achieve with a spray tan on ethnic skin. Right, so I hope that answers cool. it. Well, I think it does answer it. So, Shanika, if you're in the area, um, Ivy, let us know how we can get connected with you if someone wants to swing by your salon. Absolutely. Um, my salons, or salons, I cannot talk tonight. My salons are based in Crown Point, Indiana. So I am just a quick drive outside of Chicago and then Indiana suburbs of Chicago. Um, if you want to find me, you can find my salons. Um, well, you can find me through Ivy Potter Competition uh, Tanning Specialist. Um, you can also find me, uh, for now, um, you can find me on Facebook. I am Ivy Potter on Facebook. You'll find pictures of my baby babies, and it'll also have in my profile that I'm a salon owner and my competition tanning stuff. I have lots of clients that are friends with me on Facebook. Um, and then if you are looking, and, uh, and, of course, there's listeners from all over the country and all over the globe. Um, Norvell Sunless is proud to be training for a tan artist like me, and I'm not the only one who does this. Um, so let me, let me give a shout-out to my spray tan brothers and sisters who are all across the world. Um, I'm actually hoping, hopefully yeah. to be headed to Toronto to do some training um, at the end of the month. We have spray tan artists in the U.K. that do this um, and that are familiar with, with ethnic skin as well. Um, and like I said, as a company, we are really making a push to make this a conversation. Um, Jenna is available in Orlando, but if you're looking for a spray tan artist like myself, um, the best place to find that is to go on norvellsunless.com and use our salon locator. Um, you can go on our salon locator. You can find um, the different certifications that spray tan artists in your area um, have. You can also find um, salons that do um, Norbell Sunless products. And like I said, you know, a company that is making this push to meet the needs of ethnic skin, I think that is a company that I would want to support. And we would love to have everyone, you know, like I said, in their communities looking for Norbell spray tan artists. Um, and you can do that through our Norbell salon locator. And our website, again, is norbellsunless.com. And if you're interested right. in learning to spray tan as a spray tan artist, if you're interested in getting to know that, I'll give you a quick shout-out to um, June 9th, if you are in the Chicagoland area, I will be hosting a workshop in Rosemont, um, and we will be doing spray tan demonstrations and learning about the sunless industry. Um, and myself, I teach people how to spray tan every day in my salon. Um, it is one of the things that I do for Norabelle, So, um, And like I said, I work with a team of 18 people that are all across the United States that teach people how to spray tan and understand um, the different needs of different skin tones. So you can find us no matter where you're at. All right. Fantastic. Before we have to say adieu to our sunless ninja, Kaylin Patterson, do you have any last thoughts to add? Yeah. I I love her to death, and I'll travel to Indiana (laughs) before I go to Kansas City. How about that? Fantastic. Oh, I love it. So, Ivy, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us tonight and just sharing massive amounts of 
spray tanning wisdom and skincare like you always do with us. And guys, one last time, Ivy is going to be at the 2019 Windy City Competition Workshop. That's on Saturday, April 20th from 2 to 4 p.m. at High Five Fitness in Chicago, Illinois. So uh, at 820 North Orleans. Um, So write it down, check it out. Go to WindyCityNatural.com if you want more information. Or if you Google the 2019 Windy City Competition Workshop on Facebook, you will find that information as well. So if you go, please do hug Miss Ivy Potter for me because I miss her dearly. I will. uh, Yeah, Kaylin will too, but I mean lots lots and lots of hugs. So I need lots of people to participate in this. So just walk (laughs) up to her and hug her. She'll know what it's about. And Ivy, that's so exciting. You're holding right your own workshop. I know. So uh, do I'm keep excited. us posted. And, uh, yes! And uh, you should be excited. And I'm going to be really excited when I get that tank top. Okay? All right. I'm going to stop talking yes. about it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a fantastic night, All right, night, you guys. Sister. Thank we'll you, see you soon. so much for having me. Thanks. Bye, Thank guys. Thank you. All right, so I know, I know I alluded that we were going to cover some shows tonight, um, some results, the the DeKalb Spring Natural and the Illinois State for sure, but we only have about 15 minutes left, so I feel like we're going to be really cutting that short. Um, So I'm going to, if it's all right with Kaylin Patterson, I'm going to request to push that to – next week so we can give more time to it and more time for the athletes to discuss the outcomes of those shows. But what I would like to um, discuss in our last couple of minutes here is a question that was, or a comment, a thought that was sent to us by Greg. So is that okay, Kaylin? Can we kind of do that to stick with our time constraints and spend more time on the shows next week? To really uh, give the, the competitors their due, yeah, I think that would be best. Okay, very cool. Thank you. So if you guys will indulge me a little bit. So here's the question that we have from Greg, and I would really love um, your feedback as well. And, uh, you know, if you need a little moment to pull your thoughts together and then send it to us later, we can cover this on the following show, um, you know, the additional input as well. But here's what Greg has to say. He's saying, look, guys, I have a grievance with natural bodybuilding. Not one you guys might agree with, but I have to share it with you. If all other categories have criteria that must be met, why is one of the foundational categories not adhered? The bodybuilding class seems to be consistently overlooked. Hear me out. You see, bodybuilders are told constantly that they are too big for the other classes, yet for some reason, None of the other class athletes are told they are too small for bodybuilding. Can someone please explain this to me fully from Greg? And that, you know, that's kind of an interesting, not kind of, it is an interesting question. And I, you know, we like interesting questions. It shows us that you're thinking about the sport, you're contemplating, you're really wanting to understand how it works. And sometimes we have answers, sometimes we don't, but we always have an opinion and Kayla Patterson, I'm interested in what are your thoughts on this question? It's well, it's it's thought provoking for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I can see where you're coming from with that. That's a that's a good question, and I, I it does have to be answered because I, as a judge, have said that many times to the classic physique, men's physique. And uh, you know the different categories where we, and I I can remember Des you and I telling uh, Nish Roberts when we were in Iowa when she was deciding if she wanted to be physique or if she was going to be a women's figure because we were telling her the different criteria. So I I get that question. If, if everything's set in stone, then how did that one get bypassed? So yeah, I I I don't think we've addressed that correctly, especially if someone has a question of that nature, and it causes us to think and ponder. Then yeah, something's going on. Uh, we, we'll definitely get an answer, 
um, I, especially since I'm going up to the seminar this weekend, uh, I think that's one we'll have to tackle uh, better uh, on Tuesday. But I would have to agree with Greg's uh, point of if if this is one of the founding, but it is the found not one of the it is the founding part of of natural bodybuilding of bodybuilding of any sort as a category and class. Uh, why doesn't it have uh, a set? And I, I would have I would think that you know being devil's advocate, they would say you know because a certain group of people that you, you can't say everybody has to be a certain size and weight or that neglects from the per- people that are, 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 well, no, cause then that goes back to the question. Wow. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, there's, we're going to have to basically do some research on this one and uh, get some other brains in here and, and especially to find out exactly where men's bodybuilding is going, because I, I sure don't want it to have that low like women's bodybuilding has had, where it almost feels like it's almost being put over to a side and or buried. So I, I would love to see men's bodybuilding continue to thrive and grow, but there definitely has to be some things done because, you know, even at the DeKalb Spring Naturals, you know, where 20 uh, the, the big categories are bikini and men's uh, physique. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, changing the game. And if, if, if the, cat, the classes and categories are more set in stone in bikini and men's physique, then I could see why the athletes would want to go there because they know exactly what to look for. And if the question mark is always with bodybuilding, and and men's and women's, then I can see why there would be doubt to even want to step on stage in those categories. So it's it's interesting. Wow, that's that's a deep question, and we definitely got to get a better answer than what I'm giving right now. What do you think, Dad? Well, I think I may have been interpreting his question um, a little bit differently than you are, and I may be taking it more at face value because I do feel like um, – without just coming flat out and telling somebody you're not big enough for bodybuilding, um, you know, they have addressed it by introducing additional categories that slant towards smaller physiques. I feel like individuals who compete in bodybuilding that maybe do not have the same size or muscle fullness as other competitors are simply just not going to do as well in that category as you see going the other way. So people with too much considered to be, quote-unquote, too much size for either physique or classic physique, um, they're not going to do as well because the size just doesn't forget or doesn't fit. But there is no specification in any class, male or female, that says you have to be a specific, quote-unquote, size, a specific, quote-unquote, weight. You know, they'll divide people up by weight and by height, but there are no, you know, criteria that saying you have to match this mold, and there just can't be because there's just too many different heights of people, body frames, shapes, all of that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's it, it, it all comes to, I guess, muscle size, the striations, the hardness. So if the question then were rephrased to say, you know, what is more important in bodybuilding, is it conditioning or is it size? Then that, to me, is a different question than what Greg has posed. Um, And I think that's a question that's still begging to be answered, which we don't have, which is a question that's been being posed for a while because – it, it, and I think some of it, too, depends on the organization. Some organizations will favor conditioning over size, and some organizations favor size over conditioning. So part of it, too, is really doing your homework and understanding the criteria of the organization that you're competing under. But I do agree that it will be good to get some more thinking behind this from minds that have been in the industry um, for a long time that have been competitors that have been judging and just see what their thoughts really are on this question, because it is a, it is a thought provoking question. And I think it's, you know, going to be, I don't know what the answer is, but 
you know, I feel like the additional categories help address the size differential and um, to some extent. And then, you know, is it conditioning or is it size? Um, you know, some people feel that size is number one in bodybuilding and then conditioning, but there are others that flip the other way. And then, of course, you have novice and then you have masters and you have the open. So, again, there are different levels of bodybuilding where athletes are going to come through, they're going to grow, um, you know, they're going to have different levels of conditioning, um, you know, just based on their experience too. So just so many factors to take into consideration. But, I mean, that's a good question because you see it on the female side too. You'll see some athletes that, you know, in bikini they'll say, well, she's more of a figure competitor and she won't do as well. You'll see figure competitors saying, well, you know, she's – or I've seen athletes that have been in figure and – they got blasted because they were just too big for figure that they should be in physique, and then they bump into physique, and they do much better, and they're happier. So, I mean, it's really not just something that is um, that only applies to bodybuilding, although um, the question in particular is about men's bodybuilding category, but I see that it applies to categories across the board, men and women, because that same comment can be applied to any athlete at any given time. So it's interesting. So we are going to ask some folks and get their thoughts and have a broader discussion on this next week along with the show results. But also if you have more thoughts on this question, um, be sure to send them in so we can reflect um, your thinking as well. Kaylin? Well, uh, this is from Erica, and she says, you know, with all the different classes, it would be nice to see bodybuilding, I'm sorry, bodybuilders with size. Uh, conditioning would always play a role, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's what Des was just saying. Um, it, it, it's it's still not as, as easy and set in stone as, as we'd like to think simply because there's a lot going on. Um this is this is going to be interesting and um I'm interesting uh, interested to see how this this turns out because that's that's a good question, it's very thought provoking. And I can remember maybe one or two years ago Des where they were saying bodybuilding was dead and that basically men's physique yep. and bikini were going to take over and this might allude to some of what people were thinking when they would see the the overall bodybuilding winners and then see the men's physique winning as well. So I, I know it's it's this is something that has been on people's minds. I think the biggest thing is how to address it and I think that's what's what Dres Des I can't speak either now I've got Ivy's disease. Um I think that's what Des was alluding to. So, you know it's then, it's, it's that, interesting you bring up Go ahead Des. You bring up another good point, too, with the crossover, which I've disagreed with from the beginning. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if if you're bodybuilding, you're bodybuilding. If you're classic physique, you're classic physique. If you are physique, you're physique. And I'm speaking strictly men's categories here, but the same line of thinking applies to um, the females as well. And I think crossover from category to category is also – um, adding to the confusion. I'm all for the crossover within a category. So if you want to compete in novice, open, masters, and all of those categories are in bikini and you compete in three categories, you know, three classes in bikini, more power to you. But to, biki- to compete in bikini and figure or to compete in figure and physique, no. I mean, and I think that helps to blur the lines as well. And if that blurring wasn't there, I think that would help to put some parameters to this whole question that we're talking about. So just two more cents to that. That's all I have to say about that for tonight. Well, well yeah, it's, uh, it's a deep question. It definitely needs more attention than we had time to give it today. Um, guys, get, get, we're guaranteed to do our research, and we will have a better answer, hopefully a much better answer Tuesday. If not Tuesday, then Thursday. If not Thursday, then the week after that. But we will have an answer, and we won't forget it. And so don't come beating us up about it. If especially if we have uh, a show that basically supersedes the topic that we'd like to cover, we do have to hit uh, address our guests that we have on, and they do come first. So guys, we're not uh, putting yep. this on the back burner. 
We're going to address it when we get a full answer. If it takes a month, if it takes six months, we will have a better answer, and we will keep you updated. Fair enough? Fair enough. So on behalf of Sunless Ninjas Everywhere, people who want a golden glow, the boys for P for P Muscle, Kaylin and myself, your body is a temple, so let's build it. Let's nicker do it.